0: One single
1: simulcast, single simulcast episode 234. Uh, Fat Man Shantae, me. Um, let me just get all of this out the way right now. Um, the views and opinions you're about to hear from this episode are mainly held by me. Um, I'm sure that a lot of them may vibe with you. They may vibe with Shanta. They might vibe with Fat Man Wild. Who knows? But I know that they're held by me, and I apologize for none of them. If you have issues with my opinions or my thoughts, square up or call us at 916-572-9016. That's the voicemail number. You can also leave an email at uh, simulcast at com. I'm on twitter at rashani r-a-s-h-a-n-i-i uh shantae's on twitter at shantae fabulous s-h-a-n-t-a-f-a-b-u-l-o-u-s single simulcast is on twitter at single simulcast s-i-n-g-l-e-s-i-m-u-l-c-a-s-t um shantae is on uh instagram pinterest snapchat at Shantae Fabulous. Shantae has a website, Bury Me in Red Lipstick. That's B-U-R-Y, me in red lipstick.com. You can check us out at singlesimulcast.com, which is still the movement. You can check us out on uh, Stitcher. You can check us out on iTunes. Um, You can check us out in a myriad of different ways. Share us with your friends. We appreciate it. Uh, Converse with us in the Facebook uh, group, uh, the Single Simulcast page, the Single Simulcast Podcast friends page. Hit us up. Um, let us know what you think. With that said, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this because my anger keeps spiking and then it levels out and then it spikes again. I, I, I'm, I'm in a bad place right now, to be completely honest with you. And and, and before the show started, I uh, asked my uh, co-host, uh, Shante, my podcast, Valentine, uh, to give me a moment, just a moment to tell a story. A story with um, no moral, but a story with a very fine sticking point. So I have a basketball team. Uh, my basketball team is a 7th grade boys basketball team. Um, I am the head coach. I've been there since the inception, which means that I put the team together. I went to the trials. I chose who was going to be on the team. Um, and the team has been doing astonishingly well, like undefeated. Um, the only game that they had an, a, a problem with was the very first game, and they overcame that to come back and win, and they've been doing their thing ever since. It's a really talented group of young men um, we've played at this point in time seven games there's only eight games in the season again it's seventh grade so it ends quickly um, and today with our seventh game uh, on Thursday we played our sixth game against a team that was uh, to put it mildly overmatched they were, they were uh, undermanned and outgunned. I think they had seven players on their team due to grades and things of that nature. Um, and my team uh, went out and we molly them. We did. We, uh, at the end of the first half, I know we had scored 50 points. And... My boys, who I constantly tell, uh, don't play down to anybody. Never lower yourself to play down to anybody else's level. Um, Play the way you know you can play and make them catch up with you. That's the only way they're going to improve. My boys recognized at halftime that we had the opportunity to score 100 points, which for a middle school game is very rare. For a seventh grade game, it's dang near unheard of. I recognized it too. So uh, with 10 minutes left in the first half, I took all of my starters out of the game and put in my second string players. And that was when we were up by 20. My second string players continued to play excellently. And we were at, as I said at halftime where we the score was 50 to whatever they had. Um, in the second half, because it's two halves, 20 minute running clocks. In the second half, I put my starters back in for the first five minutes because they were clamoring to get back out there. They had sat down for a good 10 minutes, you know, for seventh graders who love ball. That's, that's, that's death. And so they were clamoring to get back in, so I put them back in. They went out there and played for maybe six minutes, maybe. And the score, I think when I took them out, the score was sixty-five to whatever the other team had. At this point in time, we had stopped pressing. Uh we were running a 1-3-1. Um and I took them out and I put my third string back in and my second string. Um and they continued to score. My 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 team there the other team didn't. Like I said, the haves and have nots Um And Long story short, my team scored 100 points, which it was a home game. They were in front of their peers. The second and third string were out there playing out of their minds. Great. Um, I got caught up. I was like, I really want them to experience this because if they never uh, have another big achievement in sports in their life, they could say, well, when I was this age, I did this. I scored 100 points. Who else could say that they did that? So the starters who have been sitting on the bench since it had been a while since they had gone into the game. Had been begging to go back into the game at 10 minutes. With 10 minutes left in the second half, they wanted to go back in. And I was like, nah, um, just cheer for your team. You know, enjoy this. They're going to go ahead and ride it out. And they kept asking, nah, go ahead, cheer for your team, let them ride it out. What about six minutes, coach? No. What about five minutes? No. Can we go in it? four minutes no but you can go in at three minutes can we go on at 330 no and at this point in time me and the team are bantering back and forth you know these are good kids so i'm laughing with them and everything i'm like no but you can go in at three at three minutes the score is 91 to whatever the other team had at three minutes anybody who knows sports knows that you can score nine points in three minutes with your eyes closed maybe not with your eyes closed but it's gonna get done so I put the starters back in because I want them to feel like they had a piece. They they had a stake in this game, this momentous occasion. They went out. They scored 100 points. Uh, game was over. We ended up winning 100 to 24. It was bad. Um, I take no joy in the fact that uh, we beat a team by 76 points. I don't. I take joy in the fact that my boy scored 100 points. The other team's score didn't matter to me in the least. Uh, if they had scored 99, we still scored 100 points. Um, talk to my team. Uh, the, their, again, it was a home game. So, uh, their peers, their, their peers in their classes were, they flooded the court. The kids who were sitting watching the game, the kids in the, in the crowd, flooded the court like we had just won the nba championship it was it was amazing actually their enthusiasm um and i took my boys and i was like no matter what people say to you keep a level head stay humble and remember we now will have a target on our back going forward because i think this is the first time this has happened in this league ever I leave out of there. I took a picture with the uh, with the score so then I could send it to the athletic director so they knew what the score was. Athletic director sends me back a message saying, we need to talk. I talked to the athletic director. The athletic director is like, did you uh, run up the score intentionally? And I was like, no, I, I put the second and third string in. Uh, they did most of the damage. I put the first stringers back in with three minutes left just so that they could have a piece. And she was like, okay, I'll talk to you later. Later on that evening, uh, I come to find out that we had um, they had, rather, a problem. I got an email from uh, from the athletic director saying that the parents were upset. And I'm thinking that she means the parents from the school that we beat. So I'm like, okay, I don't know exactly what I'm going to say to the parents of the other team this is going to be awkward but I'll go out there and I'll apologize because honestly I I felt like I said I felt no joy about their score I felt joy about our score and she was like I can schedule a meeting for you to talk with um, the parents and I was like cool set that up set it up for uh, 450 tomorrow because we have practice the next day set the meeting up for 450 tomorrow Uh, I'll talk to them for 25 minutes um, I'll explain what was going through my mind and everything, and then we'll be done, and, and it's all good. I'm still thinking that my kids should be proud of themselves for the the feat that they accomplished um, and also uh, for the great defense that they played. Imagine my surprise when I find out that it isn't the other team's parents that are upset. It's my own team's parents. Now, to go into a bit further uh, information about this school, it is a school that is out in the boonies. Uh, I have to drive an extra 20 minutes to get to this school from where I live at. Um, It's a rural area, like Farmville. Um, Right now, the flooding that's going on, it's affecting a lot of the students out there. Let's put it like that. Um, And on this team... I have two black kids Uh, One is the I believe number four ranked 7th grader in the United States Um, And then the rest are Asian Hispanic and white The Black Families didn't come to this meeting The white families came to this meeting. And the white families proceeded to hold court about what's wrong with my coaching style and what's wrong with basketball. One parent, because when we were at 98 points, uh, the kid who uh, is our leading scorer, the number four ranked kid in the United States, what do you really expect, Um, drove in for a layup. And a kid from the other team shoved him into the wall, causing him to have a bone contusion on his, uh, on his thigh, a deep bone bruise. These parents, in the midst of our meeting, these white parents, expressed to me that um, they felt like I was trying to show the other team up, that I had no class. Uh, and that if their kid if 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 a kid had asked them if they could go back in the game they would have told them to sh- sit down and shut the hell up because the coach should be a leader um, that the starter should have never went back in and then they said that if they were the kid on the other team who was getting beat and a kid, if the kid tried to showboat in front of them by making a layup, which he wasn't showboating, he was going for a layup. But if the kid tried to show button, showboat in front of them to make a layup to get it to 100 points, he wouldn't have gotten up. They would have shown him his place. Let me say that again. These white men, white adult men, talking about a young black child 12 years old maybe telling me about how they would put him in his place and show him that he's not as good as he thinks he is then they proceeded to say that the issue really wasn't that we scored 100 points the issue was that we put that I put the starters back in but wait it wasn't that I put the starters back in because if I have mixed it up a little bit, so then some of the starters and some of the bench warmers have gone back in, that would have been fine. But wait, why did he have to go back in? They've been to practices and they've seen that there's 12 men on the team who don't get playing time, who work much harder than him in practice. Not true. Why did he have to go back in? Why don't I give everybody equal playing time? And I'm sitting there listening to this. I'm sitting there after reading a uh, post-it. One of the uh, AAU teams. One of the local AAU teams in the area. Put on uh, Instagram. Saying that if... Um, that I should be fired. For letting a team score 100 points. But wait, no. For putting the starters back in. To score 100 points. Also... Uh, The parents had an issue with the fact that I was eating on the sideline because that was me showing up the other team. But this would have been all good if I just knew that that kid should know his place. He should just be happy to be playing. He should sit down and shut up and not try and get out there on the court and score. And I should know better than to put him back on the court. So that was Friday. Today we have another basketball game, and today we go out and we win again. In today's game, none of the starters went in because, like I said, the uh, young man who's the leading scorer—he's injured with the deep bone uh, bruise with a contusion on his leg two days before the championship or three days before the championship, he's injured because this kid shoved him. According to these white fathers, he didn't get shoved hard enough. They would have put him out. I'm coaching this team with absolutely no joy because I'm sitting here like every time I look at their kids, I see their parents. Every time I look at their kids, I see the parents in their kids. Like, I see the parents in the kids' attitudes. I see the parents in the way that the kids are now acting towards one another. I see the parents in the way that they're now acting towards this one kid. Now, to be fair, to be absolutely upfront, this one kid, he's part of the 1%. He's not without Like when it comes to basketball and when it comes to life, his parents make good decisions. He is part of the 1%. He is part of the upper crust. And to live like that in rural area, California, amongst all these white folks where he's the only black kid who went to the school for his first six years of life. And he's always been the 1%. His parents drive Bentleys, always been the 1% there's going to generate a little bit of hatred. But my concern is this. These white folks really, truly believed that I was out of line for letting this kid play the game that he is absolutely spectacular at. For three minutes... They wanted to see me gone. There's posts on Instagram talking about me and why I should be gone. One of the parents just posted up a a status about his son playing in the game today. And another person, I didn't even know, posted up something saying, hopefully they play more responsibly this time around. Like it's drunk driving. I am literally stunned at the arrogance, the false indignance, the attitude that these white folks have about this game, about this kid, about this school, and about me. And the more that I sit back The more that I sit back over this past week and the more that I sat back, the more that I sit back and I just observe. I've noticed that white folks have to have their hands in everything. They have to be a part of everything. They need to have a voice in everything. They just can't be. They can't just sit back and let something happen. If you're making a cake, they got to put their finger in it and taste the batter. They can't just let something stay. They can't let it alone. The black parents from both of the kids didn't come to the meeting. The um, Arabic parents didn't come. Hindu parents didn't come. Asian parents didn't come. White parents came out in droves. And said the same thing to a key. Oh, we're not worried about um, them scoring 100 points. We're worried that you're teaching them bad sportsmanship. Wait. Off of one game, you're worried that I'm teaching them bad sportsmanship? Yeah, because you ran up the score and you were eating in front of them. Okay. I'm frustrated right now. I am literally frustrated to the point where I can't focus on much else because I have been dealing with the arrogance of white people all weekend long up through today white folks who say stuff behind your back and then when you see them they act like nothing happened white folks who say stuff to your face and then they act insulted when you get insulted about what they said White folks who say stuff about you on websites or on social media. And then when you call them out on it, they're like, why don't we just put that behind us and move on? Keep your eye on the prize. And I realized there's this ain't just white folks who do this, but it's white folks who do it and really don't expect to get smacked up about it. Everybody else does something they expect to catch something, whether it's a rebuttal whether it's a uh, rebuke, whether it's a conversation, something's going to happen. White folks walk through fire and expect to not get burned. They walk through water and expect to not get wet. And it's bewildering to me how this happens. If this was my team, I would have done this, this, and this. What would you have done? How would you have shown this kid his place? And let's just point out the fact that white men keep saying they show a 12-year-old black boy his place. The only people who picked up on that were me and my beloved wife, who is also black. Nobody else had a problem with it. Oh, and by the way, um, the parent who was talking about how he would uh, make sure that this kid didn't get back up, his son had just played another kid on our team in an AAU tournament, and they beat them by like ninety points. Nobody complained. They just said that the other team needed to get better and improve. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm not sad. I'm not. I am literally annoyed beyond levels beyond levels that I can really speak on I love basketball and I love working with kids but I don't love working with people who expect to be spoon fed stuff and when things don't go their way all of a sudden it's a huge issue That's all I got about basketball right now, Shantae. That's really it. I'm sure more will come up. Like I said, it's coming and going in waves. Just this, 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 this. It's it's one wave will wash in of anger, and then that will recede, and then the next wave will just bring in sadness because they're killing the game, and they're killing my kid, or they're killing my love of this, of, of, of this team, and it will recede. I've never had a basketball team this talented before ever from one through at least 10 ever. For example, today, like I said, my starters played maybe eight minutes and we won by 30. I don't know. I'm literally, uh, I'm literally bummed out.
2: Yeah, I don't know what to say. I'm
0: sorry.
2: This just sucks. sucks. And the idea that, you know, White people can't
1: leave well enough alone. is a, is a real is a real thing. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. Nothing is tamper proof when it comes to white folks. They will literally tamper in. Er- I mean, I know you saw that picture. I know you saw that picture. Of uh, of uh, Khloe Kardashian, and some magazine declared her the melanin queen.
2: Oh God! Wait, wait but what's, Wait, wait what are, I, I saw it. it. I, I just didn't know who said it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was a white magazine, like it was a white publication that said it, because part of me thought like it was smaller or something. I don't know. Hollywood not, unlocked. Hollywood. Oh, oh.
1: Hot or not, the melanin queen, Khloe Kardashian.
2: And see, that's that kind of stuff. Like if I had seen that then and knew, because I was, I was putting it on. I was, I was actually putting it on black, black people. Uh, <laughs> to do something like that, that. but if, if I had seen that, that that's like we're, we're at a point now. We've been at a point now with white publications that they are antagonizing black people on the internet. internet. Like I, they are really like going for it. Where they they post these things, you know? They they post something and then Then when like you know like like, especially especially if it it hits on on twitter Twitter, they post something it hits on twitter they they come come back back around around, Oh, we're we're sorry or we didn't we didn't know we didn't understand this whatever but they keep titling things and writing these articles you know know, basically like you know it's it's clickbait but worse you know because there's clickbait where it's like you kind of (laughs) miss label you know you mistitle something to make make people click click on it it. they They click on it and then they find out out, like like, oh whatever you know kind of thing where this is like another level where because nobody would call chloe kardashian Kardashian a melanin queen i mean the whole idea of the thing thing with melanin melanin is attributed to black people. people To people with, I mean, it's really it's attributed to black people. It's not even attributed, attributed to people who are
1: uh, people of color as a whole. It's right,
2: it's, yeah, people of color who are dark skinned. It's not even that. It is black people. That is how some black people reference themselves. So for someone to put that on Khloe Kardashian, it's you get clickbait because it's like, Like, well, what do you you mean, queen? queen? but then you also get the clicks, you get rage clicks, is what it, that's what it it is, is. you get rage clicks from people who Who are just just like, like, how dare you, you you know, know, call her this, you know, and and that people already don't don't like that family family anyway, you know, for various reasons, you know, know, but but then you play into this whole, excuse me, me, you, you, the, the people, the, the journalists, or whoever it is, playing into to the, the whole uh, white woman trying to be, uh, you know, appropriating, appropriating blackness or whatever, and that always pisses you know that and, that pisses people off and rightfully off. so, you know, or, or, or not even that she's
3: no she is appropriate. appropriate she's they're, they're, they
2: appropriate, but more like people. Project that onto them, to them. You, you know. It's like, oh, here's you know, whichever, whichever one has on cornrows, and they, they act like cornrows is what like they invented the shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got, they
0: got
2: a big ass. ass. Oh my God, God. Look, look at their curves. It's like it's like, it's like as if no one's, one's ever had a big ass before in their life, life. Kind, kind of. You
1: know that kind of thing. <sighs> <sighs> I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I do know. I just can't. We're not allowed to have anything. No. Not even joy. Not allowed to have anything
2: at all. Definitely not that. Definitely not that cuz you see that with like you know, like here's here's the Grammys that just in it. The great, you know, the Grammys came on on Sunday and, you know, uh, Beyonce uh, got essentially shafted mm-hmm. for album of the year and other things, along with uh, Rihanna not getting nominated at all. Mm hmm you know for auntie and you know I I think Beyonce Beyonce only Beyonce won in like an urban category category. someone posted some type of uh, something I have no idea how accurate it is but it was basically the, the academy or whoever it is who does the Grammys had like a discussion about whether or not Beyonce cheated as far as making Lemonade the way she made it by making Daddy Lessons, which was um, a country song. And for her to make uh,
4: Don't Don't Hurt Yourself,
2: which was a rock song. She did that song with Jack White. You know, for her to have kind of went across different genres with her with this latest album was she like having the nominations it was like ensuring that she would be nominated for in multiple categories and here she is she made something that was really really dope and she's punished for it you know punished for skill you know it's it's like how do you cheat by being a good artist, which feels like, like it goes into what you were talking about, it's like mm-hmm. how are they bad for playing well? Why is that a problem? They played well, but it's a
3: you know it, it reflects
2: poorly on you as a coach that if they played well, that they scored points when When that's the the point point. you know the the point point, you know know, like with Beyonce Beyonce, the point is is to make music the point is to to showcase your your artistry artistry, you know and she did those kids got out there they played basketball they played played well well. it's not their fault that the team you know didn't didn't have have enough players players and wasn't as skilled
1: well check this you know what you know what if, if we do this we're going to be here all day fat man spin the beat single simulcast we'll be back
5: and you bring me to my knees again all the time The outside, I'm looking at. I can see through you, see how true color inside you. Yeah.
6: what makes my flower do it then you need to listen to the single simulcast
0: oh my god I miss you babe. between these sheets this love we made I still taste your lips each breath I take Oh, I can't fill this empty space. Oh, it's real. It's you and I. Without you, I would rather die. I am not
6: myself. It's hell on high. Drowning in this smell of love on
0: fire Ooh, I know that I'm better off long lonely I broke your heart and disappeared The fear of being yours so late. I know that I'm selfish I know that I'm selfish all alone Bye. <laughs> count the hours, it's been too long Please don't tell me that this love is gone Oh, please just let me right now And come back to me
1: single simulcast 234 shantae me fat man check this out carlos santana threw some shade at beyonce when he argued that adele deserved to win at the grammys over the lemonade singer quote i think that adele won because she can sing santana told the associated press with all respect and by the way Uh, A big forget you to everybody who says with all respect, right before you disrespect somebody, we see you, you're not cute, you're not witty, you're not making a pithy quote. Apologizing before you do something is still a dick move. If I apologize before I knock you out, you still got knocked out. But with all respect to our sister, Beyonce. Beyonce is very beautiful to look at, and it's more like a modeling kind of music. Music to model a dress. She's not a singer, singer, with all respect to her. Adele can sing, sing. She doesn't bring all the dances and props. She can just stand there, and she just stood there and sang the song, and that's it. And this is why she wins. This is what they think of people. This is what they think of her. This, They will give any justification possible as to why somebody got snubbed except for racism. Somebody posted up a, 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 a picture or a quote or something on Facebook today that made me cackle with glee. White folks will claim ownership of everything inventions They will say that they invented everything except racism. Mm -hmm. I have no issues with Carlos Santana. I love his music. But he knows he's out of pocket for this one. He knows it. There's no way that you can say this sort of stuff how this can fall out your face without your own mind being like, warning, warning, we're out of pocket. This ain't true. Back it up. So so to recap, Adele's a real singer because she stands there and sings. Beyonce's not a real singer because during performances, she comes out and performs. Oh, and she's beautiful. Let's, let's not forget that because he did say... That um, Beyonce is very beautiful to look at and it's more like modeling kind of music, which is just so denigrating. Mm -hmm. Not just to Beyonce either. That's not just shade on Beyonce. It's a lot of shade on Beyonce, but it's also shade on Adele.
2: Yes. Yes. As if Adele isn't attractive isn't pretty that nobody's he's even literally thinking saying about that ha- looking at her
1: he's literally saying that with Adele you close your eyes and focus on music because she's not much to look at this is outrageous this is horrifying He called Beyonce's music music to model a dress, which to me, honestly, means that when Beyonce did formation, when Beyonce did anything off lemonade, when Beyonce does any music, Carlos Santana doesn't hear a word she says because he thinks that she's rocking a dress. People look at models differently than they look at musicians. When you're looking at a model, generally you're not looking at their face. You're looking at what they're wearing. They're look. You're looking at how it fits them. You're looking at how it stands out, how it sparkles, whatever it may be. Whatever it is about Carlos Santana, there's something inside of him that literally gets mind struck When he sees Beyonce. Her performances are too good. She doesn't bring. Adele doesn't bring all the dancers. And all the props. What does that mean? Adele. So, with that, with that statement, he has effectively eliminated a good 95 to 96% of all black artists who've ever done R&B music. I mean,
2: that's what it sounds like. It sounds like Janet Jackson ain't shit. Janet Jackson ain't shit. I mean, Usher ain't shit.
1: Chris Brown, uh, we know he ain't, but now he really ain't.
2: I mean, there's so, but that's the
1: the four tops. You know, the I mean, temptations with they with their temptation step.
2: I mean, just new Edition, everybody, just nobody, just just thing shit.
1: Because they dance and they have props. I've been to a Carlos Santana concert. I love Carlos Santana, and I can tell you that he doesn't bring anything with him, but I'm sure that if he needed to, or not if he needed to, I'm sure that if he could, he would. I'm sure that if his music was fast enough, riff. If, if anything, people don't all perform the same. People are not, it is not a monolith. People do different stuff you know who doesn't have music or dancers behind them nora jones and you know what she sings just as well as beyonce they're both talented i listen to both of them having dancers is literally the worst comparison point that i've ever know i take that back Because he said that she didn't move around. She just stood there and sang the song. Beyonce, on the other hand, had that great hologram performance and the chair to lean back and scared everybody. This is Carlos Santana, legend, icon. And also what I'm hearing a lot of. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm also... Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Of course, Carlos Santana walked back his comments Monday afternoon saying, my intent Mm -hmm. was to congratulate Adele on her amazing night at the Grammys. My comment about Beyonce was regretfully taken out of context, he wrote on Facebook. Let me read his out of context comment again as he congratulates Adele. I think that Adele won because she can sing. With all respect to our sister, Beyonce, Beyonce is very beautiful to look at. And it's more like modeling kind of music, music to model a dress. She's not a singer, singer, with all respect to her. Adele can sing, sing. She doesn't bring all the dances and props. She can just stand there. and She just stood there and sang the song and that's it. And this is why she wins. How is that not? How is that taken out of context? You spend more time in that quote, putting down Beyonce then you even mention Adele and when you mention Adele you put her down too
2: yeah it's not out of context there's nothing out of context saying that someone who, if you've what, if you see what she's doing, you know that it takes work to execute it as well as she's executed her performances. You know she's putting in work, so to basically just be like, eh, it's not that good. It's modeling music, like. And it's, and to me, what it makes, what it makes when he's saying it's modeling music, it's music for, to, you know, to model a dress, it's somehow saying that, I don't know, maybe her music is for fashion, which that's stupid because people who, do you know who do when they choose music for runway shows they just choose music mm-hmm. it's not like oh let me choose the fashiony music let me not choose this and le- I mean they choose they probably choose something upbeat so they'll choose rap or they'll choose rock you know or they'll choose something else I'm sure at some point somebody has probably played David Bowie at a fashion show oh yeah is he fucking modeling music? You know, if this if the problem is is that they see that they don't know how to just compliment someone without dissing a black woman. Because I think it's fine if you don't like Beyoncé's music. Or you think Adele's music was better. You know, like you just, like it moves you more. Like I can understand that you aren't moved by what, you know, what Lemonade was. It's fine. Or you're not moved by her music. That's fine. You can identify more with Adele. It's when they start turning it into, well, Adele is better like Adele like Beyonce can't sing never mind that she like sang Ave Maria I think for um, Barack Obama and she can do gospel music and she can do rock music and she I mean you can pick all these different genres of, of of music that she's done and she's done well you know it's it's just baffling that they can't you know that they and they really just they white people they uh non-black people of color whatever and and black people too mm-hmm. who just can't who just can't say i am not moved by Beyonce's music which is fine because there's lots of us who you know it's like
1: we're not a it's monolith.
2: Like, we're not a mo- and It's like it's like last week when we were talking about um, Nas with Jeremy. There's lots of people who really, really, really love Nas, love everything about him. Mm-hmm. But everybody isn't moved by him. Some people like Jay Z more. Some people like Wu Tang Clan more. You got kids now who aren't moved by the stuff that we grew up with in the 80s and the 90s. They like. um they like Yaki. they like, uh, they like Designer, they like Chance, they like all these other people, and that doesn't make what they don't like bad. It just means that they're not moved by what we used to listen to when we were 18, 19, 16, whatever years old. It's just, you know, this is what they like. And that's fine. And it's fine if somebody likes Adele. The problem with what all this shit is swirling around now is that you got Carlos Santana somehow saying that Beyonce lost on some kind of, uh, not a technicality, but some kind of technical thing. You know, some kind of thing that, you know, you know, Adele can sing and Beyonce can't. When you got this other thing going on where the fucking people who were voting were just like, nah, we don't want to give her a fucking award. Look what she did. She tried to game the system, you know, so it wasn't even about who was better. It was more like trying to keep her from getting something because they didn't think she deserved it. You know, it's not even about whether or not she can sing. It's just like, oh no, we don't want her to have this award. She did a country song and a rock song. She was trying to, you know, corner the market. Yeah, trying to corner the market on awards when it's just like, well, because to me, it's just like, well, okay, fine. She makes a whole bunch of stuff. You know, she makes enough songs to uh, enough types of songs to maybe get her nominated but then it's like okay so what just because she's nominated excuse me doesn't mean that you have to pick her songs i mean were the songs better than the other songs or were they not because then if they were then you're supposed to pick you're supposed to pick what you think is better instead of turning it into well no beyonce can't you know Beyonce can't corner the market on these awards. Like they, like they were just, you know, like their hands were tied. Like they had to just give it to fucking Beyonce. Like, I mean, maybe I mean, I don't know. I thought Lemonade was great. I thought Lemonade was great. I thought the visuals that she put into it was great. I think all the different uh, you know, all the different performances that I've caught you know, with the title performances, and I think the the Made in America concert. I think that she had been, you know, there's been all these different concerts that she's been in. You know, these different performances, and they're dope. They're dope. She's dope. You know, regardless of whether or not you like her music or are moved by her music, you know that when she gets on stage, she's working. You know, it's not any bullshit. And, you know, she runs a tight ship. And I think that's something else, too. I don't think people can deal with the fact that she is a powerful person. Mm -hmm. And not just powerful in the sense that she can make things get done, but powerful in the sense that she runs shit. She is making like conscious choices that she's not worried about what some of these other motherfuckers think that she's just doing things the way she wants to do shit. And she runs such a tight ship that the only reason we may have found out that she was pregnant is because the baby told it, not some adult. That's how tight the ship is, is that blue might have spilled the beans not some adult that works in her circle or something that told it a baby told it that's how powerful she is that's how hard she is and when I think people who are insecure or feel like somebody else should have that power when they see that they do stupid shit they say stupid shit you know, and I feel like that's what's coming up. That's what we get now. With a, uh, it almost feels like it with, you know, with racism, you know, or with uh, maybe with Barack Obama and stuff. It's like you can't even, like you know that this that what you think is dumb. You know, you feel some kind of way, but you won't just admit that you feel some kind of way about this shit. you got to say something really stupid. And, oh, I know what you got to say. It's like, here's, you know, like with Barack Obama. It's like, here's Barack Obama, constitutional law professor, you know, constitutional law professor, you know, uh, head of the Harvard, you know, law review. He's got all these credentials, all these things, but you insist that he's stupid. You insist that he doesn't know anything. Now you don't. You don't disagree with him. You insist that somehow he's deficient in some, like somewhere in his mind, he's deficient. But he's not. It's just like no. It's like fine. You can say he made a bad decision. You can say that you don't like what he did. You can say that he's not executing whatever he's doing well. But there's nothing wrong with his brain, and that's what it is with Beyonce. It's like, okay, you don't like her music. You don't like the flash or all this different kind of stuff. That's fine. But to trivialize her, to turn her into her music, her artistry into modeling music. And not that anything's wrong with fucking models. That's another thing too, because now it's like, well, oh, it's just modeling music. Like, they're not working. Like, Mm -hmm. they're not doing something. You know, like, you know, the fact that Somebody has to make those clothes, and they got to get up and walk around and look attractive enough to not overpower the clothes. I mean, it's a skill. It's a skill to get out there and walk. The a whole bunch of motherfuckers will be doing it. Exactly. You know. So it's it's that. It's just this inability to accept that that somebody is dope. That Beyonce is dope. Even if you don't like her, even if you don't want to listen to her music, it's like, it's like, it's like somebody, um, it's like somebody looking at LeBron. And somehow saying that he's not a good basketball player. You can say you don't like him. You can say you don't like the way he plays the game. You can say you don't like his attitude. You can say all kinds of different things. You can never say that he's not a good basketball player. You can never say Kobe's not a good basketball player. It's just there's all these people who people don't like. But, bitch, you need to say you know that that person can play. You know that that person... It's like to motherfucking Tom Brady. Fuck Tom Brady, but he's still one of the... key, I mean, he's the coldest quarterback in the league he's fucking Tom Brady I don't even fuck fuck that dude the only time I want to see him is on my fantasy team but it's just it's just there's people who you can dislike but you have to be real about what they do or else you sound like a jackass and that's the problem you got these people sounding like jackasses
1: well um, speaking of Tom Brady and, and jackass (sighs) I swear I swear Uh -uh. as more and more members the New England Patriots announced that they will not visit the White House to uh, celebrate their recent Super Bowl 51 victory Tom Brady on Tuesday suggested that it's worth putting politics aside and embracing the experience Quote, It really is a great experience, Brady told Pro Football Talk. Putting politics aside, it never was a political thing. At least it never was to me. It was something that was a privilege to do. It meant you won a championship and you got to experience something cool with your team, with your teammates. Everyone has their own choice. I'm just going to clip that off right there and remind everybody that uh, Tom Brady didn't go to the White House when President Obama was in office. And he won a championship. Instead, he um, said he had a scheduling conflict uh, and that he needed to spend time with his family and then was later on seen in the Apple store buying a phone or buying a watch. But now that Darth Wig is in office. Everybody should put aside their issues with each other and just go to the White House and 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 celebrate with your teammates. Because again, white folks have this dizzying ability to just flip the script. Even when they've done something, they can still just smile through it like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know that person. It's like Mariah Carey shaking her head, talking about Jennifer Lopez. I don't know her. (laughs) Like, you know you know him. You know you haven't been to the White House every time. Explain why you haven't been there. You know what? Tom Brady is an awful person who plays really good football. He knew what he was doing when he put that Make America Great Again hat up. He knew what he was doing when uh, he endorsed him uh, without speaking. He knew what he was doing when Trump won and he just smiled and pointed at the hat over and over again. He knows what he's doing. He's not dumb. He's doing this on purpose. See him for what he is. He's not a friend of the people he's he's let's put it like this he doesn't think that your life matters so yeah forget Tom Brady too <laughs> so today being Valentine's Day uh, I didn't do anything in Shantae you're on the podcast with me which uh, means you're not doing anything for Valentine's Day. Um, no. me personally, my wife and I, we've come to the conclusion that Valentine's Day is just a day, and that every like, if you're spending up your money for one day worth of glory, then you're going about it the wrong way. One of my seventh graders, because I also drive them to the away games, um, was telling me that. He bought his uh, girlfriend a teddy bear and flowers for Valentine's Day. And I was like, what did she get you? And he was like, nothing. And I was like, oh, you didn't get anything? He was like, no, it's not her job to buy me stuff for Valentine's Day. It's my job to buy her stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. Sounds great logic. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, We'll walk that conversation back when you're uh, an adult and we'll see what you think about it then. But um, if you're listening to this show and uh, you didn't do anything for Valentine's Day, uh, that means that you missed out on some great opportunities. For example, uh, for Valentine's Day, um, people are asking, what do you get that special someone in your life? Flowers are predictable, perfume is very cliched, and every lover gives their other half chocolate. Well, fast food giant KFC may have just created the perfect gift by developing the chicken bouquet. Compose of popcorn chicken, crispy strips and drumsticks... 20 lucky people can get their hands on this ingenious present after the restaurant chain announced a competition on their Facebook page. The downside is that the competition was only available in New Zealand and <laughs> the, and the winners had to pick up the delicious gift from a certain store between 12 and 2 p.m. Oh, it's a bouquet like a flower but instead of flowers being in it it's chicken which i think is dope if you like kfc if that's your thing popcorn chicken crispy strips and drumsticks
2: i think that should go worldwide that's amazing i was definitely exp- i was expecting it to be like a i was not i was not expecting it to be kfc because i've heard that maybe you can book stuff at McDonald's Mm -hmm. that was a couple years ago and then also maybe you can book stuff at White Castle Mm -hmm. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. So, so yeah I was definitely expecting something like that one of those or something like maybe they had you know reconfigured you know finagled something new you know everything so now KFC is in the the Valentine's Day business at least in New Zealand (laughs)
1: <laughs> excuse me Let's so get... is Burger King Oh, Burger King so... in, in Israel is offering an adult meal on Tuesday to celebrate Valentine's Day the deal which will be available from 6pm to closing includes two Whoppers two packs of french fries two beers and a romantic adult toy
2: oh wow I wonder if like if there if it's happening like obviously in in New Zealand and in Israel if there is just a different perception about the fast food there than what we have here cuz here it's like you know Burger King is throwaway food KFC McDonald's you know it's it's this perception of it being you know nothing you know it's not it's not a restaurant that you go to to sit down and have a romantic meal so i guess i'm wondering like is there a different is that food it's over there is it are those restaurants treated maybe like it's special you know like oh man
1: i don't mean burst like, your like bubble but no
2: Uh, no okay I don't understand why anybody would even go for it because here like the whole thing with like White Castle and McDonald's and stuff doing it like that feels like it's more like a novelty thing you know like it's still kind of capitalizing on the fact that we don't really think it's a huge deal to go here but we're going to allow you to have this moment because maybe you have a sense of humor about what's a big deal and what's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. So you go ahead and choose KFC or choose McDonald's or White Castle or something.
1: Yep, yeah, no, it's um it's a novelty there too. Okay. Yeah. But they um decided that they were going to uh offer the opportunity for people to get an adult toy, which include a a blindfold, a feather duster, or a scalp massager. And they made a YouTube video that says, Kids Mills, that's for kids. Burger King presents the adult meal with an adult toy inside. Have fun. I
2: guess turn up I don't know if you I don't know if you're gonna want to turn up with your adult toy after having some Burger King but maybe their Burger King is better than America's Burger King
1: yeah it probably doesn't cause diarrhea Batman wild spin the beats this single simulcast down with me trying to
7: find Posted alone, the ass had us both in the zone. But you know the rules, both in school, but hold the news. I know the
4: And ask the questions. The pope and his folks got us under the scope, but for unknown reasons, because we don't sell dope that you distribute. We don't contribute to your clandestine activity. My soliloquy may be hard for something to swallow, but so is Carl liver You went behind my back like Ludo when he cut up all the ore. Two things I hate, lies and things they make my blood boil, but we're constricted on my soul that they call me. <laughs> Take it, cut that crow clean up, I did, but I did so not safety. Don't want no age, no class or no rain yeah, we take no shit like arms, stopped up the Gotta collect cars, they done locked up my votes Low blow, hit me in the left ventricle. hole. We won't be able to ride out to 2004 But not for long, cause we got a better sack Third, serve Trying to take your other people for your rims Hit the curve, for your swerving, bust your forehead. Go, go ahead, go ahead, more head for me While you ride to uh, the beat, drop like tears, like the fears. You know, shout, shout, let it all out. Just for my peers and pupils who feel like it's time to unwind. Like December 31st, um, 1999. Peers, peers.
2: That was simply sensational. Single, Single Simulcast will surely surface speedily.
1: Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Hello,
4: everybody. You are listening to Single Simulcast. My name is John Cushman of the Cushman Chronicles. This is a podcast where I fight the forces of resistance in this. okay. I gotta go. The Cushman Chronicles. Peace.
6: Hi, this is Gabby, and when I'm at leaving 47 voicemails, I like to relax and listen to my favorite podcast, The Dream Team. Um... Alec
7: Baldwin get in a lot of trouble just by tweeting the name of the... He tweeted the name of... Yeah. It, like, he was not... It was no commentary.
3: He was just saying... It's, no, he was just saying the song was good. He was like, I like yeah. Niggas in Paris.
7: Right. And he
1: was just saying the name of the song. And he got torched for that. That's, I'm saying, like, That's what I'm saying. Like, Bill O'Reilly came... Bill O'Reilly came right behind him and said, And I like the song Niggers in Captivity. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly likes the song <laughs> Niggers in Africa. As in, y'all go back. <laughs> been trying to get niggas right. to africa to happen for years white folks have a secret handshake like okay we slap hands and you slide it but, and then you hold a piece of cheese to your mouth but let's be real oh wow but let's be real though like the niggas in africa is gonna be like
7: a white um, um a barbershop quartet do do
1: do so hard these niggas can't see me <laughs> <laughs> I ball so hard, these niggers want to be me. I ball so hard every day, every night, but then I take a week off because I'm white. I ball so hard, these niggers can't see me. I
0: can't, I can't, I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
5: a product my own decisions.
2: <laughs> You're right. You're a product of your own decisions. This is Single Simulcast.
1: Single Simulcast episode 234, Shantae me, fat man. So, it's Valentine's Day, but even more than that, it's Black History Month. Um, and while we haven't uh, presented you with a lot of black history. I think that it is important to present some black history that moment we were sh- so we are going to present to you some black history but the black history that we're presenting to you is uh, the first time that black folks realized that they were black. And just to let you know this video does include graphic language.
4: At that moment, we were stopped because this police officer thought that my father was driving in a
1: car with a white woman and four kids that he didn't know from where. Montel Williams.
3: And wanted to make sure she wasn't lying. The first time I realized I was My earliest memory, one of my strongest memories, is when I was around 10. I remember being at school, uh, fifth grade, playing football. Uh, with a bunch of the kids and uh, in elementary school at least I was one of the bigger kids and so I uh, I tackled this one kid who was one of the smaller kids at the time he was upset maybe embarrassed and he called me a nigger I kind of blacked out honestly remember nothing in the next few seconds Jason George and by the time I actually remember what was going on his face was really close to mine and I realized that he was purple and I realized that he was purple because my hands were around his neck and yeah he wasn't breathing and suddenly I was freaked out this kid made me lose control this word this one word had complete and utter control over me in some ways I had gone on a church retreat with a friend of my mom's and we we go up to the church retreat, and
1: it's like you know we had a cabin in the woods and so people brought there you know the things for the weekend or on the way out of the cabin you know, we're taking out the things from the weekend and one of the guys I was bunking with brought a small television. So I grabbed the TV to take to the bus. And no lie, someone called the police on me.
6: I moved to France in 1983. One morning I woke up and I was going to school. I crossed my neighbor that was coming back from the um, the, the, the pastry store. At one point we crossed path, and I said, bonjour. And then he freezes looking at me like trying to try to escape like I was just gonna
2: stop him and it was so shocking and so painful for me.
3: There was a young white girl sitting next to me and she reached for the coke can and uh, the guy said no no no, no don't drink that. I felt a little awkward but drank my coke and we kept talking and then we got on the buses and we went back home. The young white girl started crying and I asked her what was wrong and she said they told me later that everybody in the room spat in your coke while you were outside and uh, that's why they didn't want me to drink out of that can and I'm so sorry.
2: When I went to go visit my grandparents in Texas and my grandfather's white so we went to the grocery store one day and this lady came over to us and and I was about seven and she came over to us and looked down at me said oh she's really beautiful that's really nice of you to adopt her And my grandfather is usually very calm and patient, but his face just turned red. And at that moment, I realized that me and my grandfather did not look alike. I
3: was 15 years old. I was in high school. And one afternoon, I was hanging out with my friend, Rob. At one point, we got split up. And as I was waiting for Rob to show up again, I decided, nope, I'm going to find him. And as I walked out, this uh, man behind me said, excuse me, I need to talk to you. I turned around. It was a white guy, probably in his 30s. And he looked at me and said, I need to search your pockets. And I said, why? He said, I got a report that you took something. And I hadn't taken anything. And then I said to him, I know my rights, but I didn't really know my rights. So I let him search my pockets. I also thought if he searches my pockets, he'll realize there's nothing in there and he'll let me go on my way. But once he found out there was nothing in my pockets, it didn't deter him. And he grabbed me by the back of the coat and walked me downstairs and physically threw me out into the streets. Uh, And I was standing in front of the record store, sort of embarrassed and humiliated, even though I hadn't done anything. And I sat there starting to cry. It wasn't until that moment that I realized being black meant the exact same thing in the current era as it had meant throughout the history of this country. That at any point a white person could harass you for no good reason and you kind of would have to take it.
1: Shantae, when did you first realize you were black? Uh,
2: okay, so I was listening to these people and honestly, I feel like I always knew. I don't have a kind of story where I wasn't, you know, where I was kind of thinking like, oh man, we're all the same. And then finding out that we weren't. And I, and I say that because of, uh, I don't know what, I don't know if I was in kindergarten or I don't know if I was in first grade or something, but my dad gave me the, you're going to have to be twice as good speech that I think a lot of black people get. Mm -hmm. And I don't think my dad, and I don't even real, I don't even think my dad told me like specifically it's because you're a black girl and they're white people. But I feel like I just knew. And also there's also other instances too, where I think my first kindergarten teacher or well, my kindergarten teacher was a black woman. So I had, you know, so I don't think I've ever been, I didn't get into like situations where I was the only, uh, black child, in a classroom until maybe as we started to branch out you know like when you get like into like middle school and stuff and some kids end up in some classes and some kids end up in the other classes and stuff I didn't start to become you know I didn't end up have those situations where I was the only black child in a classroom I didn't have that going on until I was older so I didn't have that either you know where you kind of thinking you're all the same you know it's just like I I mean there's I knew you was black kids that I went to church with. My cousin was in my kindergarten class. You know, we were black. (laughs) So I didn't have that. Not really. Now it's possible though, that people that were older than me had those situations or had those contentious racial situations. Because later, because I heard stories when they were like in high school and middle school and stuff, the black boys fighting with the white kids and stuff like these kinds of, you know, these contentious things where it didn't seem as contentious when at least with my class, I guess. So it just now that now it wasn't contentious with me. Now, that doesn't mean that none of them went through a situation like that or anything. But it was, I think it's always been very, it, I was aware that I was black. I was aware that I lived on the black side of town. They called that side, you know, the east side of my hometown was called black town for some reason. You know, now nobody really all it, you know, called it that, you know, or I don't think anybody really called it. I heard people call it that, you know, so it, it was understood I was black, you know, now the the negative projections of that, I guess, didn't come until later, I guess. Or you didn't. It, it's it's hard to explain because I feel like there's black people who have these like like the person who was talking about being called a nigger. Nobody's ever called me a nigger to my face. You know, I don't have that story. You know, but I do have situations and but it seems like I have the situations where I'm older, where you can just tell something is off the way someone is treating you. You know, it's not blatant, but you can just tell something's up and you don't know what the deal is. So you kind of default to it being like, well, is it because I'm black? that you're being like this is it because I'm black that you didn't greet me or yet you're following me around or whatever the fuck so but I don't have that But so what about you though when did you know that you were black
1: I don't know I mean my grandma is from Georgia so I I think that um no 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 i take that back i'm sorry i apologize profusely for that um my cousins let me know pretty frequently that i was black and i know that that's not within the realm of what we were discussing but yeah black folks can be just as brutal to black folks well not just as brutal but we try we put our all into it that's for doggone sure and kids can be brutal period so add those two things up and when i was a kid there were kids who were telling me that um i had big old black lips and big old black nose and that my name was lipid and all this kind of horrible stuff i used to tell my mom and she was just like that's just cousins being cousins but I think growing up amongst so many of us There was like eight of us Eight cousins that always were together Always um, We knew we were black There weren't too many other folks In our neighborhoods We knew we were black We lived in the hood You know so um, Right across the street from us Was a, a, a project called Danger Island We we knew who we were And um, I don't think that I've, I don't think that I've ever, not that I remember. I remember once this uh, white girl told me in college, I made it all the way through college before a white woman decided that I needed to know my place, um, that I couldn't hug somebody because um, I wasn't worthy. And um that that struck me as odd. because uh, I didn't know what I was supposed to be worthy of, but she was just like, Don't touch this person. You're not worthy to even. And I it, it was dra- it was a drama class, so I just figured this this brought being dramatic. And <laughs> just moved on. I just rolled my eyes and kept it pushing. But by and large, I've always been a bigger kid. I don't think people really have the guts to call me outside of my name, call me a nigger, except for my cousins who really just didn't give a damn because they were all beat down and downtrodden too, so why not try and bring him with us? So, I don't know. A question for the uh, audience though. When did you realize you were black? Or when did you realize that you weren't like other folks in your area? 916 572 9016 or single simulcast at gmail.com. Yeah, racism. And from racism, we jump straight into homophobia. Because why not? Gay rights advocates are calling for a boycott of Barilla, the world's leading pasta maker, after its chairman said he would never feature a gay couple in its advertisements. Guido Barilla, whose company has almost half the Italian pasta market and a quarter of that in the U.S., said on an Italian radio broadcast Wednesday, I would never do an advertisement with a homosexual family. If the gays don't like it, they can go and eat another brand. For us, the concept of the sacred family remains one of the fundamental values of the company. He went further, attacking gay parents and adoption. I have no respect for adoption by gay families because this concerns a person who is not able to choose. Gay rights group Equality Italia said the Barilla's comments were an offensive provocation and called for a boycott of the company's pastas, sauces, and snacks. By midday, the hashtag boycott boycotta Barilla was trending on Twitter incited in part to outrage voice by some uh, Italian politicians. Here we have another example of homophobia Italian style," said Alessandro Zahn. "I'm boycotting Barilla, and I invite other MPs to do the same. I've already changed pasta brands. Barilla is a terrible quality. A terrible quality. <laughs> Facing a global boycott of its products, guess what they did next? They backed off. Barilla went into damage control on Thursday afternoon to reinforce its respect gaze in a statement attributed to his chairman quote I'm sorry if my comments have created misunderstanding or polemic or if I've offended anyone in the interview I only wanted to underline the central role of the woman in the family he said why is that when they explain what they really meant what they really meant was never in the initial statement
2: that's because that's because somebody else wrote the statement you know, the PR person, whoever that is, is the one who's doing the damage control and is telling these people what they need to write or writing the statement as if that person, you know, came up with it. Cause that's, that's the, that's the, the problem. You know, you, you know what you meant and you said it. You got a problem with homosexual people being in your ads. Because you think that something is wrong with people being homosexual and having families. You don't you just said you don't respect it. Like, it's not about like, oh, well, this is the image that we prefer to put forth, which is still homophobic. But you're at least not saying that something is wrong with these people you know you're up here saying like I don't respect it as if it's something that you're supposed to respect it's not for you to respect it's not for you to agree with or disagree with or anything it's just what it is it's just yeah it's just what it is and see I just feel like people gotta learn like like I don't think I, I'm i sure that People want to see themselves in things, whether it's movies or television, commercials, and all that different kind of stuff. They want to see themselves. And probably, you know, because they, you know, we all want to see ourselves reflected in society in positive ways. At the same time, I don't think everybody thinks that at every moment they should be in everything because it just doesn't make any sense and everybody's not going to be able to be represented it's just okay fine you know you can't be in everything you can't be in every commercial you can't be in this it's just that i don't understand why people can't just i don't know there's probably you know what there's not really a diplomatic way to say that you don't want homosexual people in your ads you know but it just seems like you should be able to say like look we you know we make our ads the way we make our ads and you know we'll cross that bridge when we come to it or something without it turning into well I don't respect homosexuals or something it's just like well shit okay well now you're an asshole Mm -hmm. you know it's like what do you and then and then you want to for Then you want to act like people You know you get those people who They say asshole stuff And then it's well if I offended you It's like fuck yeah you did With your whack ass apology and stuff Yes you you offended people It's just dumb It's just Just mm -mm. Cause it's like how are you not 'cause Cause then it's also how are you not ready For these type of questions like how do you not have have an answer just because I feel like like it's not okay you know I think if he had came out and just said like hey you know we're very focused on uh, the nuclear family you know a man woman child kind of thing that's what we're you know, the kind of imagery that we're focused on, you know, I still think people would have been pissed off. I was going to say, there's he still really would have no, up. Yeah. There's no way to say, hey, we ain't really trying to fuck with that over here. It just seems, but it just seems like there's a way, it's just, you know, it's like you gotta take, if you're gonna talk about it, then take the fucking L but quit being an asshole about it. Because that's, that's basically what it is. Either you're gonna not take the L or you know, you're going to, you know, or you're going to take it. You're just going to be like, look, man, we ain't really trying to fuck with that over here. And then let people kind of choose what they want instead of it turning, you know, instead of being like an asshole. And now it's like, hey, well, I'm still a good person. It's like, no, the fuck you're not. It's like you asshole who can't even like say what you need to say you you mad you know you're you're you trying to you know it's like you said damage control you know it's fucking you know boycott a gorilla and oh now it's like oh no what's not that's not what we were really trying to talk about we was focused on women like that ain't what you said now um As as if women can't be homosexual cuz doesn't. cuz it's all kinds of fucked up shit. It's all kinds of fucked up shit cuz you you got people, you know, cuz if he say like oh we're focused on women, you know, on the mother. Like you know, two lesbians can't be parents or something. Like one of them can't possibly be somebody's mom. You know, it's yeah, it like much he's much got a problem with with homosexual men, you know, but erasing you know homosexual women at the same time. It's just, it's all kind of fucked up.
1: Now, do you want to, hmm, we have three options. Um, Racism, assault, (laughs) or misogyny. Which one?
2: Oh God. Racism, assault, or misogyny let's go misogyny
1: okay Um, I'm gonna play this video that I heard from a uh, Facebook video that a young well I don't even know if they're young but a a black male put up on their uh, Facebook page and just so you know, my opinion is whenever a black male puts something up on their Facebook page, mine included, there's a there's a, a, a very good chance that there's going to be some deep sigh, eye-rolling stuff involved at some point. But this took the cake. So, Shante, I'm going to play this, and every so often I'm going to pause and ask you questions. Okay. If you have a statement that you need to get out before I hit pause, just just say hit pause and I'll hit pause. Okay. I just want to let you know. um, Yeah, I just want to let you know to quote Samuel L. Jackson: "Hold on to your butt." (laughs)
4: Hey, how about?
1: Oh, before I go further, this this is supposed to be comedy. Okay, let's go.
4: Hey, happy Valentine. Come on, thank you. Aw, oh, you should have done this. Oh, well, maybe I didn't. Look at the fucking bag, friends.
2: <laughs> I'm not good. How did you know this is what I wanted?
4: Because you said, Clay, this is what I want. Shut
2: up. I'm going to be the chicken. is
4: coming later. <laughs> well, yeah, I got to go work with you.
6: Well, along with this. You're going to be getting this bomb ass shit.
4: ass pussy as you call it it's not a fucking gift alright it's a requirement it's what I'm supposed to get it's your duty as my woman to give me a bomb ass pussy every fucking night and you want to tell me this is what I get for Valentine's Day let me ask you a serious question how many other ways
1: it's your duty it's your requirement as my woman oh my to give me this bomb ass pussy so yeah to be completely honest with you I couldn't even get past that part I, I literally heard that and said did it say what I thought it said and then I just kind of kirked out it is your duty it is your requirement as my woman whenever I want uh-uh. Shante, yeah, duty or your requirement as a woman. No. I already know the answer. I, I just
2: hell though. No. But oh my god, that's awful. See, okay, so this is like a whole Valentine's Day comedy thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like somebody was joking and they're making fun of. I would assume the the idea that Valentine's Day is a holiday for women like what you know like your 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 player who basically was kind of perpetuating it was saying that he was he has bought into the idea that he is supposed to give a gift to his girlfriend and she is not obligated to give anything to him because Valentine's Day as far as he's is concerned is for girls and this person has created this comedy thing about Valentine's Day not being not just being for women but had to get you know gross with it and you know basically acting like women don't have you know, bodily autonomy anymore, you know, in order to, to get his joke off. And it's just like, that's no, no woman is obligated to have sex with a man or anybody just off GP or whenever that other person wants. That's dumb. That's, that's foolish. And yet. I feel like there could be a real, well, I mean, well, this motherfucker ain't about to, you know, start a conversation, but I think there is something, there is a discussion to be had about, uh, men being included in Valentine's Day. Is why do we think that it should only be for women? You know, why, you know, why isn't Valentine's Day also something for men you know like the idea that you know you are each other's valentine you know like why is that not a thing because I heard you know because I heard somebody on the radio this morning it was a grown woman who was basically saying that valentine's day is for the woman and not for the man it was michael baston which don't ask me why I was listening to michael baston it was on in the car oh okay but (laughs) You know, it was on in the car, I think, when I was going to pick up the kids from school. And, uh, but they play like 90s jams or 80s and 90s jams early in the morning. So that's probably why it was still on in the afternoon. Like it was on when I was taking the kids and then it's still on when I'm going to pick them up and whatever. Okay. But yeah, this, this, yeah, this is some fucked up shit. This is, this is terrible. This is like, this has nothing to do with the discussion about, uh, men being included in Valentine's Day this is basically saying like you know you owe me pussy which isn't you know which a lot of motherfuckers think women owe them pussy regardless of whatever day it is which is what he's basically what he's talking about you are supposed to give it to me you know regardless which is terrible because then you get because women buy into that too you know whether they buy into it um, completely because they agree with it or they buy into it kind of reluctantly, like they don't think it's right, but they haven't really investigated or figured out something else or they just don't, you know, they don't see any other option but to kind of be feel like they should be at the beck and call sexually of their partner lest he cheat you know lest he stop taking care of you know her or the family or what you know just whatever like somehow their body is is his you know to do what he wants whenever he wants regardless of whether she likes it (laughs) whether she likes the way it's done or whether he's polite or nice or uh considerate or anything it's just like well this is this is my womanly duty or my wifely duty you know to do this and it's just like that's not what that's not what sex should be sex should be enjoyable you know for both parties it's just unfortunate I mean this whole thing with what he's talking about even though he's trying to make a joke is a sign of why it's probably not enjoyable for a lot of women because there's this obligation kind of swirling around it or at least why it's not why it's not why it's not enjoyable for women who have sex with men that that's what it is. Because I I would assume that it's probably more enjoyable. Sex with you know women who have sex with women aren't necessarily dealing with the same things mm. that women who have sex with men are dealing with.
3: I agree wholeheartedly.
4: You wanna dress your pussy up to make it special on Valentine's Day? Would you gonna put a bow around it and have me take the bow off and be like, babe, hey, come on. Don't unwrap the gift because guess what? The bomb is about to go off. I don't want that shit. Well, what else you going to do? Maybe you going to shave your pubes and make it look like a heart and an arrow or a cupid or some shit like that. No, I don't want that. You mean to tell me that I wasted my fucking time and my fucking money and I went to the store and got you something that I was thoughtful, kind, sweet, caring, loving and generous? And you mean to tell me only thing I can do when I walk in here is get some regular ass pussy on Valentine's Day? Are you out of your fucking mind? Imagine if I walked in here and said Hey babe, guess what my gift is Happy Valentine's Day My gift is this bomb ass dick And this shit is dynamite And it's gonna blow up in your face Or it's gonna blow up in your mouth You're gonna be upset and look at me the same way I'm looking at you right now Like you fucking out of your mind Like you fucking crazy You think that I want your pussy as a gift on Valentine's Day You, th- Girl, let me tell you okay, something right? I it. want nice things
2: hmm? Okay, so hmm. What he's talking about is basically You know Oh my god, it's awful. This it is so awful. God, I'm trying to get, get my thoughts together. But, uh, I feel like men probably hear that. And if they're not automatically thinking like, oh man, this is fucked up, this is misogynist, whatever, they might agree with it. Because Valentine's Day, it it does seem to fall on the man to create something, to do something. And yet, if you probably told those dudes that maybe the other 364 days out of the year that they act like whatever they're doing is enough, like just kind of showing the fuck up is supposed to be enough that they will probably disagree. They will probably say that, no, that's not what I'm doing and all this different kind of stuff. But yet you have women who, uh, you know, studies, at least as far as married people are concerned, studies where women are unhappy in marriage. So it's like, well, why are they unhappy? It's like probably because they're out there doing a whole bunch, you know, because a woman is doing a whole bunch of shit the other 360 something days a year. You know, but here's a dude over here who decided to go all out for Valentine's Day. When, when when it's like what you said with you and Nisha, that maybe if they were not, if they were, if they treated every day like, you know, or treated Valentine's Day, maybe more as just whatever or whatever kind of day instead of letting it be like the Super Bowl of love or whatever. <laughs> and let the other and let the other days be you know, show more love those other days that you wouldn't have these situations where a woman thinks giving him some pussy is, is a treat. You know, and he thinks that what he did you know, and he thinks going all out is worthy of some you know, of of more. It's just his soul Oh, it's so messed up. And it's so it's messed up because we just, we, you know, we. we oh, I know something else, too. We don't like collectively as a society. Uh, teach men how to express themselves well, because I feel like the idea that he wants to be loved too, He wants to be loved on too, in a, you know, in a. Non sexual way is valid. It's valid that a man wants to feel loved, you know, wants to feel acknowledged in a way that has nothing to do with her pussy or his dick. You know, it totally makes sense. And yet, you're saying it in such a fucked up way that you can't even get to it. You know, you got to wade through a whole bunch of, you know, shit to get to something that actually is a real thing, you know, where I think there are men who would like to feel, would like to be romanced, I guess, if that, if that makes sense, they want to be romance, but we've turned romance into a desire that is only for women. And for men to do the romancing that they can't even express that they want the shit, you know, without, uh, it's, you know, the way they express that they want it is what the way this guy is basically talking is basically berating her and being mean and acting like, you know, what she's giving is insignificant. Mm hmm. You know, yeah. instead of just being like, oh, man, I wish you had, you know, got me a gift or something. But, it, you know, it's just this lack of discussion, you know, because I find, you know, I even find, you know, I don't go through it. Uh, I'm obviously not going through something like this with my husband, but I do find that I'm talking about what I want. For Valentine's Day or any holiday, whether it's Christmas or something, that I'm the one initiating the conversation about what we're going to get each other or are we going to get each other anything where he's not necessarily telling me. Uh, he's not necessarily talking about it in any kind of aspirational kind of way. Like you know me, I'm saying like so. You know I think you know what do you want for Christmas? Well, you know I think I want this or I think I want that or or even just talk even just talking about it. Maybe because you don't know. It's like it feels like I'm the one sometimes initiating that conversation, and then he's talking about it and he's like oh well mm, I don't know I don't know. And and some of that is his personality, but I also think that some of it is just dudes not really being adult men not talking about getting things in that kind of fun aspirational way that I think women do you know I'm on you know it's my birthday or not my birthday my birthday's next month and I'm on Facebook talking about hey get me Sephora gift cards you know I don't think anybody's gonna give me any Sephora gift cards yeah. maybe Jarman would shout out to Jarman shout yeah out I, to- I, I noticed
1: that I, I noticed that post
2: <laughs> you know but you don't really you don't see it, it doesn't seem like that happens with men you know, not seriously. They're not, if they do, it feels like if men talk about what they want, as far as gifts and stuff are concerned, it almost seems like it's a joke. It almost seems like they're downplaying the desire to even want anything. You know, there's not this talk of like, um, you know, uh, 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 like I know there's one guy who talks about his birthday as far as like he's going to celebrate it for 30 days kind of thing that kind of thing but that's one man where I've heard of different women where it's like oh I've got a birthday week I'm gonna have a birthday weekend I'm gonna have a birthday month all this different kind of stuff you know this kind of stuff around celebrating you know yourself wanting things it just doesn't seem like that happens it doesn't seem like it happens with men. I mean, that, that, but that's just my. It just doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like it's okay. And this guy, ugh, bleh, this guy yelling at his. It's just so abusive. It just mm-hmm. seems like ugh. It's so abusive the way he's yelling at her and berating her and and ugh. And and then I can't and I can't even front that I think in the right excuse me in the right situation uh or not i hate to say the right situation in the right in a different mind frame the way he's saying things it's terrible but in a way it it sounds funny like i can't pretend like some of it isn't just the the it's almost like the audacity of it i think is what's almost funny. It's it's funny, but yet it's not at the same time. It's just like, what? I
1: was you know, thinking the it, same thing.
2: You know, but it, it's still, it's so it's so abusive. It's so just and it's just, it sucks because I wonder if there's a way to execute this without it sounding the way that it sounds because with this sound it sounds like he's seconds away from,
1: from being on her hurting, ass.
2: Yes. From hurting her. And it's just like and I think that's what pull, that's what makes it not that's what makes it not funny. It's just, it's too, you know, cause I think, and I think also too, you know, we have humor where we berate each other. And I think that's where maybe that's why it's funny in a way is cause it sounds like things that are funny that we've heard before, like where we're clowning people or, you know, that kind of, it sounds like things that are funny. The tone of it sounds funny, but what he's saying isn't funny.
4: Right. I want nice things. I want flowers. I want cards. I want candy. I want a fucking teddy bear. Take your flea-bitten ass to and give me my shit. Be thoughtful. I don't want your pussy. Valentine's Day. I'm out.
2: See? And that's what I and that's, it sucks and that's, but that's what I was getting at. The wanting things. Wanting to feel like That they that they matter that they're special too, you know. And I think it it, oh, it sucks because it is you know it is valid, but the problem though is that you tell a dude that hey, I think the world has told you that teddy bears aren't for little boys. And that now and you hear that enough or you see it enough that when you get when you become an adult, a woman is not gonna I mean that's another thing too. A woman I, I would say that maybe sometimes women don't go all out for Valentine's Day because we made Valentine's Day into this super duper woman. Feminine center type thing that to get him something on Valentine's Day is somehow emasculating him. That if she doesn't get him something, that her not getting him something isn't about maybe saying she doesn't care, it's containing his manhood. It's like, how do you get, you know, it's like, how do you give a man a big ass bear? You know, and what is he supposed to fucking do with it? You know what I'm saying like it just doesn't make you know it's just like you know like if we knew that uh I feel like you know it's fine a grown ass woman got 50 teddy bears in her house or something but you find out that a man got 50 teddy bears and somebody's going to be like what the fuck you got 50 teddy bears for that is it's just what can she do You know it's just it's it's hard to, you know, men should be included. And yet it feels like society has, society has excluded them, has said that you can't, you don't get a teddy bear. Or if you get a teddy bear, then we gotta, we gotta find something manly. You know, I'm sure there's probably like a teddy bear with some camo or shit on or (laughs) somewhere, you know, to give it to a man. You can't just get a big ass teddy bear or a penguin or something or a heart or, whatever you know you got to get something that is is manly like the shit bitch you was fine bear or something you know just something that isn't just that could be that you could give to a woman too it just doesn't seem like it will work oh man
1: ready for what's next Sure. Parents of students at Windsor Hills Elementary in Los Angeles, California, are outraged after second graders at the school received a math problem last week that contained a word problem with racial undertones. Undertones. NBC News reports that the students received the following word problem as part of their math homework. Quote, (laughs) The master needed 192 slaves to work on plantation in the cotton fields the fields could fill 75 bags of cotton only 96 slaves were able to pick cotton for the day the missus needed them in the big house to prepare for the annual picnic how many more slaves are needed in the cotton fields Carol Gray's seven-year-old granddaughter had questions about her homework assignment on Thursday and showed it to her mother. Gray said she was shocked at what she saw. Quote, although it has racial undertones, I feel the worst undertone is what are we teaching our children, Gray said. Winter Hills is a gifted magnet school known for its math and science programs. Someone could have said, no, this is impossible. Are we really giving this assignment, Gray said. Grace said the same assignment was given to all the second graders at the school since the start of last week. Wednesday's assignment reportedly involved a man being shipped, quote, mailing himself to freedom.
0: Hmm.
1: The, <sighs> again, all being, well, even when you look past those horrible questions, the fact that these horrible questions are being asked during Black History Month.
2: Yes, that's and and the the possibility that somebody thinks that these questions are appropriate for Black History Month because there's a possibility that you get somebody who's an asshole who decided like you know now's the time to talk about uh, you know enslaved people and everything and mailing themselves to freedom and shit. But then you got this, there's people who. Aren't thinking that kind of way, they're thinking that what they're doing is topical, and that's why they're doing it, and it's just awful. This is this is awful. This is just not
7: because
2: oh. what it because part of me it sounds like, like the person creates or finds this word problem because they want to they don't want to treat uh, enslavement as this taboo thing you know cuz i think that's what you get i think that's it's the possibility that they 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 purposely chose this because they want it to be out front but to put it in a word problem makes it trivial Because word problems are fucking trivial. You know, they're just these trivial situations to kind of do math. You know, you're not. Oh, God, it doesn't seem like you can get into how terrible. uh, African enslavement was through math now great now you know you want to talk about it in the history in a history context and all that different kind of stuff sure it's not you you trivialize it when you put it in a math problem like that because it's like well what are you going to discuss are you going to discuss how bad uh enslavement was or are you going to discuss the damn math problem what are we teaching
1: Knowing their place and knowing the placeholders for math?
2: <laughs> it's like ones, tens, slaves. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's terrible. That's just... mm hmm And it's all... ah. It, it's always well. It's always something
0: mm-hmm.
2: around around this around just racism. Whether it's like really overt, really you know calling somebody a nigger type racism or the kind of oh i didn't know it was gonna be that i didn't know it was gonna be like this kind of racism you know this kind of like oh man i'm sorry kind of just
1: that didn't put the answer to the question so y'all got to figure that one out on your own i'm not repeating it so good luck to all y'all fools
2: and fuck word problems. I hated word problems, girl. <laughs> <up. laughs>
1: and for all y'all who are saying, well, y'all didn't say anything about, uh, Jerry Sandusky's son being arrested for child sex charges. Booyah. Jerry Sandusky's Booyah. son, uh, yeah. Jerry Sandusky's adopted son faces multiple charges of sex crimes involving children. Court papers were revealed on Monday, Uh, more than five years after the former Penn State assistant football coach was himself first arrested in the case sent shockwaves through the university. Jeffrey Sandusky faced 14 charges, including statutory sexual assault. Police accused him of sending inappropriate texts to a victim and asking for naked photos. Um, The online court docket shows that he was arraigned on Monday and bail was set at $200,000. His defense lawyer declined to comment on the allegations. Marshall said the charges were statutory sexual assault, involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, six counts of unlawful contact with a minor, and two counts each of photographing or depicting sexual acts, sexual abuse of children, and corruption of minors.
2: Yeah, that's
1: bad action. That's mm-mm, mm-mm. I, I, th- That's the reason why I didn't initially read the story is because I have nothing more to add to the story. Under the jail, rotten hell, ring the bell. Summed it up rather succinctly
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and let me see was there anything else that I really 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 needed to talk about today that we couldn't wait till next week yeah cause this one's about the Grammys which makes it current um, so Shante, what do you know about wrestling
2: Oh, I know Linda McMahon got, uh, she got confirmed for like the small business or something Mm -hmm. recently. I know that. And then that's really, that, that's really it. I see people talk about wrestling on television and stuff. Like I know the Royal Rumble happened maybe a few weeks ago or a week or two ago or something. And people didn't seem very happy about the Royal Rumble. And it also seems like people don't like the way the, uh, the 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 black tag team, I'm, I don't know who they're, who they, what their name is or anything, but it almost seems like maybe there's some shit swirling around with them as far as like maybe how they're portrayed or what their storyline is or something like that, and I know but that's really it, that's all I got so I don't know if that has anything to do with what you're about to talk about or what
1: No, but Okay. Um, the WWE Hall of Fame Road Warrior from the Legion of Doom, Animal, mm. uh, posted his thoughts on Facebook after a Tribe Called Quest performance at the Grammy Awards on Sunday night. Oh uh, as a disclaimer, uh, the Tribe Called Quest came out, or a Tribe Called Quest came out and blew the roof off. Uh, Buster Rhymes came out and uh, denounced President Agent Orange. Uh, they did, uh, gosh, what's the name of the song? Just went blank. The one where they talk about Muslims and gays, boy, we hate their ways. Great song. Great album. Um, but yeah, Road uh, Warrior animal posted his thoughts on Facebook after a trial call quest performance at the Grammy awards on Sunday night. He wrote quote, once again, real, once again, Rappers ruin the Grammys with that stupid song with words like resist and no one can tell you what to do. Having people of color, Muslim and Mexican, come on stage, are you that stupid and cannot see where, that where all the drugs are coming from, the southern borders, are all the, raz- the radical Islamic that promote death to America? really well legends it's your relative using those drugs or getting killed by terrorists then you will get it insulting performance end quote uh, he's expressed interest in working in the backstage capacity for WWE but after those comments it's safe to say that WWE will not be calling him back anytime soon uh, you can guess what happened next Shante?
2: he apologized or or definitely probably said he apologized to anyone who he may have offended or if he definitely said if or may instead of acknowledging that he did offend people and just apologizing for it so.
1: animal took to his facebook to apologize for his comments about the performance on the grammy awards he wrote quote after reading what my post last night on the Grammys I see that I have misspoken and I am embarrassed what I wrote is not what I was trying to get across I should always do spell check on the manner in which I send my messages and I don't for that I am sorry I was stupid cause you know spell check stops racism Oh yeah. what I wrote by no means reflects how I actually feel I am not a racist or a bigot or think things happen in certain parts of the country and they don't happen anywhere else I am a realist. I should have chosen my words more wisely. For that, I apologize. I feel horrible for hurting anyone's feelings. I have nothing against people of color. I have nothing against people of Muslim faith. I have nothing against people in Mexico. I have nothing against anyone. I was just making a statement about a song that I did not like Is all. I should have double-checked my posts. I should have checked my grammar. And I should have made certain I am what I was trying to say would come across that way. I made a simple mistake and I regret it. I wrote it like a run-on sentence. <sighs> I know it looks like I'm saying these people with certain backgrounds do certain things and I by no means feel that way. So if I offended anyone, I apologize. I'm going to say this again. This is Rashani speaking, not animal. If I offended anyone, I apologize. It's not an apology. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ever. 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 Never ever is it an apology.
1: Let me give y'all a uh, quick gamer tip. The best apology to use, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I take full responsibility. I sincerely hope that in time you'll forgive me. You can use that. Verbatim. I'm okay with that. You don't even have to give me credit for it. That's an apology. What is not an apology? I apologize for what I did after you made me mad for this reason. Not an apology.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I apologize for... But if you hadn't done this, not an apology again, anything after the word, anything before the word, but is eliminated as soon as the word, but is used, I guess I apologize. Not an apology. Let me see. I should know better. You know, we all at one time or another get thoughts in our head that we want to put in print that when we think it sounds like what we want to say is coming out. And after we read it, we go, OMG, that's what I did this morning. And yes, this is exactly how this is written. I'm reading it as it was written. It was a mistake I love and respect to everyone. I could care less if a person's origin or his or her beliefs as long as we all respect each other that's all that matters again it's I couldn't care less I could not care less to say I could care less indicates you still have a level of caring that you have not reached yet once again I apologize thanks for understanding
2: yeah this is Oh, God. So, I need people to understand that the reason why they think that, uh, Muslims and, uh, I guess you know, you know they they probably think just Mexicans. That's that's who they're thinking. Whoever is south of our border, they think these bad things about them because of racism, because because of bigotry, because we've been told that these people something is inherently wrong with them. We're, we're told that they want to hurt us and but they won't look at why these people are uh, and not the people hell even the people who want to hurt us they won't even look at why they're in the situations that they're in as far as like our country uh, bombing them, exploiting them or supporting people who exploit them, you know, whether it's their own government or some other country who thinks that it's OK that they can do this or, you know, just all these. It's like. They think that these people have been born this way. They've been born radicalized or they're born, you know, wanting to come across the border and do something. And 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 also it's the idea that a a lot, you know, it's like the whole thing with the with the uh, with the Muslim ban. It's like the seven countries that were included, that the seven countries in the Muslim ban didn't even have a documented case of someone coming over here from that country and doing anything to us, to America. But you got Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and whatever the other country was, and they have had people do something. So it's like, "Well, what are you protecting us from?" And it's like you think it's like the the lack of critical thinking is because you're relying on racism. You're relying on racism. You're relying on bigotry to say that this is totally okay. That we're going to build a wall and stop these people from coming in. When you ignore that People have there's been you you ignore the, the possibility that there's other people who aren't from south of the border who also are uh who aren't American citizens, who are people who are here, you know, their visa, you know, ran out, but they're still here. You know, they came over here to visit and they never left. You know, there's all kinds but you you know, your only thought is with people who are brown that's all you have, that's racism you know it's racism it's bigotry that's making you only think of these people and ignoring you know some white Canadian who never left you know because you don't think that that white Canadian is a threat but somehow you think you know the, the, the brown person who gets up and goes to work every day just like you do oh that's a problem or that or that they have to prove themselves. you know this this other person over here they don't have to but these, oh they need to show me that they're not this way because I know that that, that they, they want to hurt us all this different just ugh. it's so frustrating. You know, because you got Animal who basically just said racist shit. He said racist shit. You know, he said racist shit. You know, and won't even acknowledge, you know, and and maybe all of of us too need to acknowledge that uh, that you know, A Tribe Called Quest and Busta Rhymes aren't getting on stage as allies. You know, they're getting on stage as Muslim men you know that this is their life in the bad you know their life is in the balance too you know their friends people that they love could just as easily be detained because they've went somewhere because they've been to a mosque or something it just It's just frustrating. I think it's frustrating to listen to people say racist shit, and then just be able to just backtrack it right there. Oh no, I'm not racist. I, you know, I, I you know, I care about all people and this and that and this and that and blah 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 blah. And it's like if you did, then it wouldn't be okay that. People who were legal to come into the country, you know, a week before the ban goes through are now, you know, no longer able to come through. You will be pissed because that's like, that's being inept. You would be mad because they went through all these different things you would see the humanity of it that they went through all this vetting process to come over here and get stuff you know to get whatever for whatever reason they were coming over here and you would just be fine you would you would be pissed that that somehow what it's no longer okay because then it's like well what the fuck were we doing why were they ever able to come over here in the first place? Just, oh, just oh.
1: <laughs> um I'm um, I d I. Shanta, you got any last words or shout
2: outs? Uh oh man. Real real quick and I mean I I don't know if I'm gonna uh Okay. I am in a interracial relationship Yep. and I read an article about basically, you know, interracial relationships cannot save the world. And I just want to say that if you're the kind of person who thinks that in 20, whatever, everybody's going to look, you know, Beige and have like hazel eyes and all that different kind of stuff. You need to pump your brakes because that's dumb. Just stop. It's just that because just because somebody who uh, just because people are sleeping together and they're not the same race doesn't mean that those people don't have race racist tendencies going on between them or how they feel about either each other or other people fucking somebody does not make you not racist so i need to put that out there
1: in there. fact That's sometimes it just means you have a fetish yeah Having sex with somebody who is big-boned doesn't mean that you don't have a fat-phobic issue. Sometimes you're shaming them while you're doing it. (sighs) Yeah, one of my homies, uh, Scar, he was telling me about a situation he had where a um, white woman at the table with him at a lunch... Uh, was a few seconds away from calling somebody a nigger. But then they remembered that he was at the table so they didn't... Ugh. Yeah. Again, the voicemail number is 916-572-9016. Um email address single singlesimocast at gmail.com uh, we look forward to hearing what you think about the topics that we discuss uh, feel free to hit us up um, we'll hit you back if you have questions or conversation anything of that nature um, I really think that's it Shantae I hope you have a wonderful rest of your valentine's evening um and everybody out there, I hope you had a great day. Uh, be blessed, be good, and be safe. Fatman Well spin the beats. We out. Peace. Bye.
0: I you That is what you baby See some faces, I got good connections. They take my directions when people say that's okay, they don't bother me. I'm ready to make it. Don't care what the weather don't care about the trouble. let myself together. I feel the kind of protection that's all around. I've got a call thing. I prefer real faith with the trouble man. We dream my show to